0: Back for another round, episode nine of Friday Night Rivals, the podcast. Hard to believe it's nine weeks in the high school football season. flies by. It does, It flies by. <laughs> it
1: does, man. It flies by.
0: <laughs> Finally, we get some weather that matches football season. As always, I'm Dave Keelan, joined by Scott Earthquake McMahon. Yes, sir. The Grand Potentate keynote speaker. You know all the list. You know the grocery list. Go ahead throw Hall of Famer on, on, that, <laughs> on that Rick of Firewood of accolades <laughs> that he has. And uh, that other docile... Tone you hear is the voice of Mr. Chris Goforth. And uh, we welcome you in again to another Friday Night Rivals, the podcast. Wherever you've downloaded your podcast, we are certainly appreciative of that. Guys, a great week of high school football Uh, behind us. Another one coming up this week. Just talk about some of the games that happened last week. Let's go ahead and just start with uh, Saudi Daisy and Signal Mountain. What did you say about that one?
2: Woo, what a shootout,
1: man. Yeah, maybe the best game in the state last week. It, it really was, overall, the way that game uh, played out, the way it went in, into overtime. And, and how about Justin Barnes, Saudi Daisy's coach? I mean, how big are those cojones to, uh, at go the end, two. say, let's go for two and, and win this thing? You know, the story out of the the old ice bowl between the Cowboys and the Packers back in the day, the Packers get down there to the the one-foot line or whatever it was, and they call the timeout, and Bart Starr goes over to Vince Lombardi, and Lombardi says, well, what do you think? And Starr tells him what he wanted to run, and, and Lombardi said, run it, and let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> I want to think that that was a similar. Leave it to
0: Chris Goforth to take it into the blue category on a podcast. <laughs> I think
1: that was, the, that was probably kind of like what the conversation went on the Saudi daisy sideline Saturday yeah. is run it – and or Friday night was run it and let's get out of here. Well,
2: Coach Barnes told us earlier in the week that, uh, you know, he looked at those linemen coming off the field right then and he said, look, if we, we put in the end zone here, we got to go for two. They're gassed. Defensively they were gassed. And, uh, and just that opportunity presented himself. And, uh, you know, uh, kudos to uh, Isaac Barnes who uh, really – Five touchdowns. Yeah, plus felt like if uh, – you know, he's got a little mojo with his uh, receiver Eubanks, so he feels like he can really, um, you know, get into a situation where if he puts the ball uh, where Eubanks, Keyshawn Eubanks needs it, then they're going to be successful on something like that. And that's a combination. They, they said they've been playing together for six years now, so they've got real good chemistry.
1: You think Signal's the best three and five team in the state? I think they've they played They played a ridiculously tough schedule. They sure ridiculously have. They sure tough have. Schedule.
2: Stepping up against yep. East Hamilton, really tough schedule. Uh, you know, just and playing. they
0: showed a lot in that Red Bank game too. In the fourth, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, pretty much the whole. You know, they just ran out of gas defensively after, to in hold the, hold those going those into, into Bank, the fourth
2: quarter. Those Red Bank stars, like that man, that was
1: a great effort.
0: So, and they were still. You know,
1: hey, they held Sodi to under a hundred yards rushing. So, I mean, defensively, I, I think signals really I mean I say that about a team that gave up 43 points and lost but defensively they are at their level I think they are in their classification I think they're really good
0: when you look at their region and their region doesn't really do them any favors either when you have Loudon and Red Bank sitting at the top two they're going to be playing for it I don't think you you can I think you can kind of underestimate how really good Signal Mountain
2: is as well well I think uh you know that When you have those two teams in your region, you're playing for third. I mean, yeah. let's be honest with you. That's a, and they gave a heck of an effort against Red Bank, like we said, but uh, you're basically real, realistically playing for third. Another
0: game uh, that was on the list from this past week, South Pittsburgh and Meigs County. One versus two matchup, number one in Class Single A with South Pittsburgh, number two in Class Double A with
2: Meigs County. Guys, what did we see in that game? What a dandy, Chris. Man, that must have been one heck of an atmosphere. And it seems like South Pittsburgh uh, is finally hitting on all eight cylinders, getting guys healthy like Ronto Tipton. Uh, But there's a number of them that have been banged up. And and so it looks like they're getting healthy at the right time to make a run.
1: Yeah, it seems like this game, too, was was fairly, I think statistically, it was was pretty close uh, as far as that goes the difference was as you mentioned Scott South Pittsburgh is healthy now and their big guys made big plays and that's what they needed they needed a big effort from Ronto Tipton and they got that out of him uh, Aaron Swafford played pretty well again uh, 114 yards rushing passed for another 82 had two rushing touchdowns I mean he's um, he continues to put up uh, put up big numbers and so will uh, I, I just can't not I can't believe that there is a better team right now in 1A football than South Pittsburgh
2: is. Well, and Jeremy uh, Fitzgerald said that, or Jason Fitzgerald, I'm sorry, said that he said – Look out, 1A, because these guys are for real, and he's seen the best of 2A, of course, but to go down there and in uh, South Pittsburgh just kind of really handle them. We know how good Meigs County is, and I, I think it just puts South Pittsburgh in a different level. You mentioned Tipton. We all did. Eight carries, 124 yards, two TDs, had one catch for a 50-yard touchdown. So he's he's back. And uh, he's not the only one. They've got Hunter Frame. And uh, I really like DeAndre Kelly, too. Kelly had a big uh, touchdown in the fourth quarter to kind of salt it away. When you And, Chris, you know South Pittsburgh better than any of us. I mean, that, you got those kind of athletes at the 1A level, man. They've probably it's got, almost unfair.
1: Literally, they've got about eight or nine guys, not counting Braden Sanders, their quarterback, who I think is really good too. But you're talking about eight or nine guys that they can just turn around and give the ball to or throw it to. Uh, they, they are that deep at the skill positions. Uh, I think, again, I find it hard to believe that there is anybody else in East Tennessee or West Tennessee – that athlete wise can can measure up to them.
2: That's unheard of in single A. Meigs County
0: would be a good gauge because they've seen probably the two two best single A teams in East Tennessee. as they played Greenback earlier this year and beat yeah. them, and then they played South Pittsburgh this week, and the Pirates got the best of them. So uh, if there's anybody around, I guess Coach Fisher would probably know a little bit more about single A and who the two better teams are in that in that uh, classification. Sure. Um, Finally, we'll take a look at Ray County and Red Bank this week. I know uh, Ray County entered this one 6-0. and uh, A lot of things happened last week uh, to that team. Uh, you know, they were, when they were on fall break, uh, they had three faculty members pass away going in. Plus, they were without their best tackler and their best running, uh, uh, the best rusher on the team uh, going into that game last week. So there were several things that went against them. But Coach Pemberton, Talking with him the other day, uh, as we sit down because they were our game this week with Sadie Daisy, he said, "I'm not going to sit here and make excuses." He said there were a lot of things uh, that we could sit there and talk about that you know we could we could blame uh, on a loss, but bottom line, Red Bank whipped us in pretty much every facet of the game. Ray County held to 61 total yards of offense,
1: 55 of that rushing. Right? I mean they they did a yeah. fantastic job on them. Look, is it surprising that that Red Bank would be good enough to win this game? I don't think so. But I think it's surprising that final score. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody expected to see – you know, if you'd have told me, hey, Red Bank wins, you know, 28-27, okay. But I don't think anybody would have expected a – a game that lopsided right. between those two. Well, and
2: you do, we like to do the comparison scoring because when you're trying to pick these games, that's what you'd fall into that right. trap. So you look at how close the UdaWal Red Bank game was that Red Bank was able to eke out early in the season, and you think, oh my gosh, Ray County just blows up UdaWal the week before, and, and Ray County's back. And I saw all the stuff on Facebook, and and uh, they're playing great. So you would not think that it'd be, you know, what was it, thirty six to nothing. Uh, and be held to 61 yards. And maybe there was a lot of outside factors that factored into that. But, gosh, what a performance from uh, Chris Brown and his gang without Chris Brown on the sideline. That was probably a little bit of inspiration as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. And that, that may be the one point we haven't made yet. If I'm Chris Brown, I'm going to find a way to get suspended again, maybe about the <laughs> second or the third round of the playoffs. When do they take on Loudon? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. That's the last game of the year. Yeah. If If Red Bank can play like this in November – then there is no reason they don't make it to Cookville.
2: Well, and you know it's all about Alcoa if we're going to look far that far down the road.
1: Maybe that's when you maybe that's when you you figure out a way to get suspended the week before. Yeah, that's the one you want to yeah. point towards, right?
2: But yeah, I mean it's all it's always been about that speed bump with uh, Red Bank, and maybe they've got enough guys and enough talent this year to to be able to you know climb that mountain and beat, get them beat.
1: You know, I felt the, for the longest time like we hadn't really seen them play their best. Uh, at Red Bank it's almost like Clemson in, in college football you keep waiting on that thing to take off and it, it hasn't happened yet uh, for Red Bank I want to feel like maybe this was the game where that offense and all those skill guys they've got all played like you hope they would Maddox Wilkie really efficient with the ball um, I mean they just they 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 look like a team that uh, can make a deep run going up against what I again a really good, really talented Ray County team.
0: Ray County going to have to reset their focus this week as uh, Saudi Daisy comes to town. As that's a region matchup, region title pretty much hangs in the balance for those two teams. Uh, Ray County can clinch it Friday night. Uh, Saudi Daisy still got a little meat left on the bone. They'll uh, they'll close out the rest of their region schedule as they'll take on Ray County this Friday and then close out the season against Walker Valley uh, if they can. Get a win there. Of course, we'll go into that here in a little bit as to our uh, preview for our Friday Night Rivals game this week. Let's go ahead and take a look at the top tens in the classifications and top five in Division Two, uh, Class 6A in Division One. Oakland, Maryville, Whitehaven, Kingsport, Dobbins, Bennett, and Brentwood, your top five. Local teams in that uh, top ten. Bradley Central at eight. McMinn County at nine. Bradley Central falling from four. McMinn County holding steady at nine. Guys, this is a collision course matchup for
2: these two teams coming up here pretty soon. I think that's last week of the season, too. There's a yeah. lot of great matchups there. You know, and that's another surprise game from last week was Bradley Central. Not that they lose to Maryville because Maryville pretty much beats everybody. But, again, being able to be handled like they were and to be held to seven points. We've seen Bradley Central, man. That's ridiculous. They yeah. How does,
1: how does Maryville do it? I have no idea. I mean, you're right, Scott, because you would have. I would have been hard-pressed to believe you know, okay, they're going to lose the game. All right, fine. But again, to get beat forty-two-seven, and and be dominated, I not with
2: that group. With that group, it was twenty-eight-seven at the half. I mean, and of course at Maribel again. But still, I mean, that that really surprised me. I kind of picked them because I'm you know a bottom feeder in our picket contest. So <laughs> we've <I'm>, noticed. <laughs> yeah, thanks for not pointing it out. Uh, so. I just figured I'd roll the dice, and I thought, you know what, this is as good a Bradley Central team as I've seen in a while, and they might just go up there and make some noise. Do you need
1: they, Dave and I to make suggestions? Would you this week? please do can it for we, me? I'm gonna start flooring those.
2: Emails you know, to
0: you. I, I mentioned last week how I picked Red Bank, and and I may not be allowed back into Ray County. Right. I actually saw another guy this past weekend who was on that pick'em panel as well, and I asked him. He's he's usually right there around the top. I said, "Who did you pick this week?" And he said, "I picked Red Bank." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, good." I said, "So we they can't disown all of us." That's right. And he said, "Listen." I picked Red Bank, but that's not who I wanted to win. He said, if somebody holds a gun to my head and said, who's going to win this game? He says, I'm going to tell the truth. Right. You but, want to win the contest, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it's, I, am the it's, defending it's all
2: champ. I am the defending champion of the picket box last year, so I figured I'd it's just rebuilding back year. off have a rebuilding, a rebuilding year yeah. and let me <laughs> you know Stephen Hargis, some of those guys. Open get the, the get door chance. to let
0: someone else walk in. <laughs> Class 5A, top 10. No local teams there. Knox Central, the top team in the state. Beach. Powell, David Crockett and Knox West rounding out the top five offensive coordinator coach Tracy Malone there for the uh, Knox West rebels doing well class four a no local no local teams uh there top five Greenville Elizabethton Haywood County number four Anderson County and number five Nolansville uh class 3A Alcoa Pearl Cone coming in at number three Red Bank number four Loudon wow That's setting up for a good one at the end of the year. And number five is Covington. Uh, Class 2A, Peabody, the number one team in the state, followed by Watertown, Trousdale, and Meigs County are tied at three. Meigs falling from two to number three, and Trousdale moving up from four to three this week. And then number five is Forrest, Tyner Academy, they are getting votes but are not in the top 10 as they received 21 votes to get uh, to get in the top 10. I don't know why they fell out. I mean, they only played one of the best teams in Division II double, oh, AAA right. this past week. But, again, it's not there for us to make sense. Class single A, South Pittsburgh holding steady at number one, followed by Huntington, Lake County, Freedom Prep, and Fayetteville in the top five. Uh, Greenback at number six. We talked about them. That could be your – we'll go ahead and say it. It could be your state semifinal matchup uh, this year between Greenville and uh, South Pittsburgh. Class A in Division Two, Evangelical Christian, Boyd Buchanan at number two, holding steady. Lipscomb Academy, Franklin Road Academy, and Grace Christian uh, tied with BGA, Battleground Academy. Chattanooga Christian receiving 18
2: votes as well. Let's stop here for a second. Do you think Boyd's as good as this number two here? Uh, I mean it's remarkable what they've done to turn that thing around Jeremy Boskin and their their staff, and they're gonna get tested at CAK this weekend um, who's you know in the others receiving votes category but um, I got a feeling they can go up there to Knoxville and beat Christian Academy right? yeah,
1: I do too I mean they've they've won a couple of big games already this year, so um, I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't view them as as being um. Uh, you know, as, as being the favorite with the way they have played. I, uh, ECS, from what I understand from people up in the midstate, state um, ECS is, is believed to be really, really good. So I, I don't know that Boyd Buchanan can make that kind of a run, but I do think that uh, you know they're a team that can make a little noise come come November. Well,
0: the big the big Bo- question is going to be if they can beat Grace Christian out of Knoxville. Because I kind of think C A K and and Grace are right there together. I think this week will kind of tell a lot about where Boyd Buchanan is, and then also too, and that we'll find out if they're if they're contenders or pretenders. They got they two Grace first place Christian.
1: votes, by the way. Boyd Buchanan did
0: is that the same ones that vote for Vandy in the SEC? <laughs> I'm
1: assuming one of them's uh, Stephen Hargis. I don't know who the other one would be. Yeah, I don't either.
2: You know, I and mean, that's the thing. It doesn't matter what happens from here on out. I mean, good luck to the the Bucks, no question. But you go zero and ten, and then turn that's a around, great story. and you're number that's two in your classification yeah. the next year with that's basically the same. Guys? Let me tell you,
1: if he is not everybody's coach, whoever gives out Coach of the Year honors, if he is not your coach of the year then you're, you're doing it wrong mm-hmm. because that is an unbelievable – Unless you're
0: like Jason Ruder up at Bradley Central, the girls' basketball coach up there. they You know, he's only been like he state coach of the year right. and won the state last year. They're, they won the district, how many knows, region, yeah. sub-state games, and he couldn't be coach of the year in his own district. So <laughs>
2: That's
0: pretty brutal. I don't know if that's a political, political. – That has
1: something to do with uh, expectations too maybe. <laughs> yes, it
0: does. No,
1: it – it's
0: boating. It's coach's poll. So. Anyway, that's another story for another podcast. When we do that basketball podcast in the spring, Woo-hoo! we'll talk about that one there as well. Uh, Class AAA, top five, which will also lead us to our uh, preview uh, this week for one of our, our games uh, where we'll welcome in our guest. Uh, Class AAA in Division Two, Macaulay, still the number one team in the state, followed by Briarcrest. Uh, M-U-S in three. And number four is Baylor. And rounding out the top five is Montgomery Bell Academy. Others receiving votes, Knox Catholic uh, receiving uh, votes to – be in the top five but they were just left outside which leads us to this week's matchup and uh, our guest as baylor will take on the fighting irish of knox catholic let's go ahead and bring in coach phil massey who is joining us now by phone coach welcome to the show thank you thanks
3: god for having
0: me just talk about knox catholic this week what have you seen from them on film and how have they adjusted so far to the uh, d2 region schedule
3: well um I think they're adjusted pretty well by knocking off Brentwood a couple of weeks ago. I know the first couple of weeks, I mean, their first couple of region games, I know they lost to McCauley, and then they, they lost to Ensworth in a close game. Uh, but they're, I mean, they're big. Uh, they, they've got a huge, huge offensive line. Uh, I think they've sort of started finding their stride. They've, they've made a change at quarterback. And uh, ever since they made that change, they're, they're undefeated. I think they're 3 0 since they've made that change. And so we're definitely going to have our hands full uh, just with the fact of uh, their size up front and their overall team speed. Uh, and, and we've been playing them. We're not, um, we're, we're kind of accustomed to playing. We've played them for the last couple of years, so I know how good they are and how physical up front they are. And we're going to have to really. Uh, play well to, to match their to match their overall team speed and just their physicality up front,
1: Coach. How's Elijah Howard? How, how's the ankle?
3: Oh, he's good. He's good. I we just uh, I ended up just making a uh, just a decision that at the point to when he kind of tweaked it a little bit on Friday night, I was like, "That's it." And so uh, I need to save all the bullets in my gun, and so. Uh, so we just rested him, but he's fine. He's ready to go, and uh, we've got, so far at this point of the season, we're, we're we're about as healthy as we can be at this point. Uh, obviously, we've got some guys that are just nagging bruises, which are just accustomed to football, but, uh, but we're glad to be in the position where we are as, as far as personnel-wise and as health-wise, so hopefully we can keep it together and everybody continue to stay healthy over the next three, four weeks.
2: Was Howard banged up in Macaulay game and then tweaked it against Tyner, or was that a Tyner injury?
3: No, it's it's been something that's been ongoing. You know, he, he broke his ankle last year, Oh, okay. and he had some screws placed in there, and it's just been something that's been just kind of nagging him just a little bit here and there. He has some days are better than others. Um, but in that particular game, he obviously got a penalty for hurtling, but he ended up jumping over a kid, and then <laughs> Uh, sort of just landed on it, a little strange. And so uh, – but it's something that he's kind of played with all year.
0: Coach, talk about your uh, schedule coming up. You know, you got Knox Catholic this week. You'll have uh, NBA coming up. And I, just how this is kind of setting you up for that postseason run.
3: Yeah, and that's the way we kind of look at it. We, we talk to our kids, qualify for playoffs, you're – immediately in the quarters because there's just eight teams that advance now. And so it it sort of sets you up to where it's a a three-week deal. And so, uh, you know, if our kids really aspire to to win a state championship, what does that feel like? What does that look like? Well, we'll find out over the next three weeks because you've got a a strong Catholic team and you've got an NBA team that uh, is still – uh, you know, it's going to come down probably between them and Briar chris who's going to be number one in the West. And then we then we finish up with B.A., who's four-time defending state champion. So if you want to know what that's like, and so that's kind of how we're treating uh, these weeks. Uh, and in a sense, too, that we, I mean, obviously we're our backs aren't completely against the wall, but if you treat it like a playoff game, then you know that if you don't advance, you're, you're done. And so we're sort of wanting to cross uh, every T and dot every I and make sure that we're doing everything and we got to be good on special teams and, and all phases of the game. And um, hopefully these next three weeks will be three weeks where we continue just to improve and uh, uh, just gel together and, and just continue to um uh, to play hard and play for each other. And so we've sort of set it up to sort of this is like what the scenario would be like in a, in a state playoff format.
0: I have to ask the question that pretty much everybody in in the area would want to know, when would you play Macaulay again?
3: Well, it, it all depends on the seating, you know. <laughs> so, uh, if we finish two on our side, it's like uh, uh, I think it's two and four we would see them probably in the finals if we finish three would see them in the semis so wow um anyway
0: as if that game needed anything else riding on it right (laughs) exactly
3: yeah yeah so uh just anyway but it was you know I, i i think our kids developed you know came out of that contest uh with some confidence and um uh, knowing that we we certainly can play with them but we, we got to play our very best we can't make little mistakes like we did and uh, and be a really good team like macaulay and there's you know there's no question why right now they're number one in the state i mean they they are playing really really well right now and uh and we just continue to only thing that we can control is what we do and we just got to continue to and I think we're we're a good team. We just got to continue to play hard, and and uh, sometimes you you know by playing hard you make your own breaks.
0: What does that say about Division Two in East Tennessee now? Do you kind of feel like it's it's shifted back to East Tennessee now? Because I know it's been, you know, it's fallen to MBA and BA over the past few years. Um, do you feel like it's kind of set a statement to the rest of the state saying if you're going to go to the if you're going to win a state championship, it's going to be through Baylor or Macaulay?
3: Uh I, I mean, I don't think we're at that that point yet. I think, you know, when I think of East, I kind of think of our 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 region that we're in, which is the Middle East, and and when you include the Middle East, which is your your Brentwoods, your NBA, so um, of course now NBA has actually gone gone west, but I think because of the competition in our mid in the Middle East. Uh, has created over the years just that separation from the West uh, just because of week in, week out, and year in, year out, how tough our competition is and how our level of expectations and our uh, level of success has risen uh, to try to match that competition, to match that level of play.
1: Coach, you guys have uh, you faced Knox Catholic uh, in the last couple of years? How does this team measure up to those Knox Catholic teams you've seen the last two years?
3: I, I, I mean, I think they're all the same. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, what they do uh, offensively and defensively, and they they they've kind of built their team around just the size, and they they've been a physical team, uh, and and so I don't really see uh, a whole lot of difference and what we're going to see this friday night and what we've seen for the last
2: couple of years remarkable how many guys they've had you know come through there that's played at the major you know the, the uh power five uh, conference type level so they've they've had their share of athletes
3: yes they have and that's uh and and i uh, and i know that uh you know they're gonna they're gonna come in and 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 they they're playing with a lot of confidence right now and so we're just got to be ready for a uh, a full quarter physical uh, football game uh, this week, and, and that's what we're preparing for. And uh, hopefully our guys are going to be uh, – uh, I know they'll be prepared mentally, but, uh, you know, just we've, we've stressed over and over the coaching staff just how physical it's going to be and just that we can't really match that in practice, obviously, at this point. Of the season, you're not wanting to get your kids banged up, but uh, it's going to be a physical football game, and uh, it's just going to be your typical Division Two, uh, typical two to Division Two Friday night.
0: Is not Knox Catholic? We know that they've always had talent that could play at the D two level. What is the toughest part about playing in Division Two? Uh, is it the weekly grind?
3: Yeah, I think it's just. Because it's one after, you know, it's it's generally, honestly, this year you only have, uh, was it five uh, region games where we've had, I guess, six in the past. But it's just that, yeah, it's just knowing that you've got to be prepared and that uh, the teams that you're going to play not only are going to be talented, but they're going to be well coached. Because there's, there's, there's instances in the past where there's teams maybe with less talent that have, have been coached up to play really well and, and uh and you can't make mistakes and, and sometimes you know and, and against some teams you can maybe have a a bad night, especially if in the kicking phase or and but, you know, an early I mean if you get a punt block, I mean you're you're probably it's not eighty percent chance you're probably gonna get beat. <laughs> I mean you just can't have those type of breakdowns and it's just you know, once you get into our region, everybody is is coached up and everybody is trying to compete and play at a high level. And so it's just coming into that expectation and I guess eventually coming into that reality that, boy, this is what this is like every week.
0: Well, Coach, we certainly do appreciate your time. Good luck this week as you take on uh, Knox Catholic and uh, good luck the rest of your season.
3: I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a look at the games coming up this week as it's uh, the week of Friday, October 18th. Let's go ahead and start with our sideline wrap-up impact matchup, going to the mountains of North Carolina. The beautiful mountains, the beautiful Appalachians, as Murphy will take on Swain County. Murphy coming in this week, 6-1, and Swain County 7-0. and The big storyline this week is Coach David Gentry, who has been at Murphy – uh, he's been coaching since 1970. He's got he's 73 years old. He can set the North Carolina State wins record this week with 413 wins. But here's the thing: they haven't beaten Swain County since 2005.
2: And obviously, that's you know, we think that uh, uh, you know Tyner's coach uh, Turner is is the dean of our area since what 88, 89, or so, maybe right. 90. Good night. Since 1983, this guy's been the head coach at uh, at Murphy, so what an accomplishment that is. Eight state championships, um, but like you said, got 412 wins, which ties him with a guy named Jack Holly to be uh, North Carolina's all-time winningest high school football coach, and he, uh, Coach Holly, no longer coaching, but we get one win, and all of a sudden, it's the record, but uh, comes up against a pretty tough Swain County team that you mentioned, and What's Swain County connection there? Maybe a guy that played for the Vols named Heath Shuler?
0: A guy a little – we're a weird numbers quarterback. Number 21 <laughs> in right. clad in Orange and White, Swain County. That's uh, the alma mater of one Heath Shuler. Uh, coincidentally, listen, this is how a small world and the world of high school football intertwines itself. Heath Shuler uh, played, against, uh, played against Coach Gentry, uh, Swain County entering this year seven and zero. The only loss, six and one, on uh, Murphy's record this year was to Christ School, which is quarterbacked by none other than Navy Schuler Heath's son. Wonder
1: what, wonder what number he wears. I don't know. Five. <laughs> oh, that's that's bad. That's wrong. That was his number with the Redskins. Remember, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. You know how many Heath Shuler – Washington Redskin football cards. I have how many? I got like a too great <laughs> big old stack of them, man. They are nothing now.
0: You probably got a jersey at like Marshalls or TJ
2: Maxx. No, I never. I'm not. Too, a, didn't
1: you? I'm not a jersey guy. But <laughs> golly, I thought, I thought that guy would tear up the NFL, and it tore him up.
2: If you had his congressman card, it'd probably be worth. It'd something. probably
1: be worth a lot more. Yeah, he did really well afterwards, though. Oh, I mean, trust It's not me. like Heath. Heath was. No, no, he, he's, no, he okay? was he, no. He's not an idiot, and he, uh, <laughs> um, I think he's actually done amazingly well in real estate since since he got out of the league. He invested well. Yes,
0: he did. <laughs> he did well with his uh, signing bonus. So anyway, both teams ranked in the top ten in class single A this week. Um, as David Gentry going after his career win. Oh, good luck 413. to 413. Good luck to him. We uh, we hope he brings it home there in murphy uh other games on the docket for this week uh cleveland heading up to McMinn county McMinn county entering this one seven and oh on the season three and oh in the region cleveland who knows how this one could go you know this is uh cleveland has shown that they can they can run with the big boys uh record probably doesn't indicate how good they really are uh, what what about this matchup
2: I like the Jalen's. Uh, they've got a, a bunch of speed. They w- run that old school wing tee that we see when, when successfully run, it can be super effective. Uh, Jalen Sharp, Jalen Hunt, uh, those guys are really uh, uh, speedsters. And then you got a guy named Parker Manley who went for twelve carries, one hundred and eighty-four yards uh, himself last week uh, for the Cherokee. So they they blow out Notre Dame, and we we know the Irish have had their issues with the injuries, but they did get Jeff, Jeffrey Watkins back. So uh to score 42 points in in a blowout over Notre Dame I think that really sets them up well for the Cleveland Blue Raiders coming in it'll be a tough uh, environment for Cleveland on the road at McMinn. and and uh Where did know.
1: Robert Flowers commit last week? Did he commit to Samford?
2: I think he did, yes. Yeah. Was.
1: Cleveland's wide receiver. Yep. Uh, they're going to need look with what they've got to face, they're going to need a big night from him. I mean, they're going to have to, I think, throw the ball to be able to really have uh, success in this game. And, and McMahon, you you mentioned the Jalen's quake. I agree. I I think they have – those are the guys. That's the straw that stirs the drink for them. I think the key in this for McMinn County is maintain the focus and take care of business because you got Maryville coming up the following week, and I think that, uh, you know, Bradley couldn't get it done. Now let's see if if McMinn can go get it done.
0: Another game on the list this week, East Hamilton taking on Walker Valley. Walker Valley, the Mustangs, we saw East Hamilton last week, very impressive showing by them uh, as they just pretty much drug Hickson uh, along the way. Walker Valley, four and three on the season after they carried the longest losing streak in Class 5A entering this season. Four and three on the year, one and one in region play. They're making a case, you know. They want to be, you know, up there close for that region championship. They played Ray County close, you know. They, it, there's a lot of tiebreakers that could come into play uh, it, by the end of this year in that region. If if Saudi Daisy is able to upset Ray County this week, and uh, Walker Valley is able to beat Saudi Daisy, or I wouldn't say upset Ray County, but Ray County's right now at the top of the sure, list sure. Uh, in the region, but. A lot of factors can play into this
2: one. And uh, talk about Walker Valley and the turnaround they've had up there with Coach Drew Aikens. Got to tip your cap to Drew Aikens. I mean, he comes in. They've been 0 for, for what, the last two years, at least last year for sure. And um, <laughs> he puts in his spread. He's been an offense coordinator around. He's paid his dues. He goes up there with his first chance to be a head coach. And, and they are, you know, with a winning record, of 4-3 and three, on the year overall so the, the guys that really get it done for him a cole hall is a is a guy that can uh, run the football spencer jackson but their quarterback tucker pope very efficient 10 uh 10 catches 137 yards and another good effort for walker valley in a win over Marion, big time, 41 to nothing. So it's going to be a little bit different defense, I think, against East Hamilton, Chris, but this ought to be one whale of a matchup.
1: Well, here's what I know. Here's what I know about this game. I think there's going to be a whole bunch of points scored. I think if you don't have a dog in the fight and you just want to go watch a game Friday night, uh, take your iPad. It's going to be (laughs)
2: 38-35. Take
1: your iPad so you can watch uh, Saudi Red Bank on – or Saudi Ray on uh, ChattanoogaCW.com – but anywhere I think, else? And the STIR app, that's STIR with two R's that you can download. But The pitch man. Uh, always. But East Hamilton, I think they're a little better defensively. I kind of like them a little bit more in this game because of that defense. But, yeah, Scott, no, I think this is 38-35. I mean, I think there's going to be some points put up. Um, I think somebody finally took the muffler off the East Hamilton offense. You go back and look the way they've played the last couple of weeks, scoring – what, 60 points now in consecutive weeks. Right. I mean, they're they're playing really well, too. And then you've got this Walker Valley offense with those guys that you just mentioned, which is interesting because if you go back and you read all the preseason stuff about Walker Valley, the guys who are putting up the numbers right now aren't the guys that they were talking about back in August. Right,
2: they found some different playmakers that are getting it done. And, and
1: I think that's Drew Aikens being able to go in and go, you know what, you're better here You're better here. Let me find the best guys I've got and get the ball in their hands. That's what he's good at. That's what they've been able to do, and that's the reason why we talk about the turnaround at Boyd Buchanan. It's the same thing. I was about to say
2: that. It's a a lot like that.
1: And who did that job come down to? Boskins and and Akins.
2: Akins, of course, a Boyd graduate.
1: Yep. And so they ended up going with Jeremy Boskins only because he had more – Head coaching experience in that job, right? So, but you see, both of those guys are quality in what they're able to do.
0: Other games on the list for this week: Howard five and two on the season, two and one in the region at Hickson. Sale Cricket, Lookout Valley. Father Ryan taking on Macaulay, who's still undefeated, still number one in the state. Mirabel at Ottawa. McMinn Central at Signal Mountain, uh, Silverdale, Knox Webb. Webb School. Uh, Web School, I guess that's the one out of Bell Buckle taking on Tyner this week, four and three, three and zero oh in region play. Whitwell is at South Pittsburgh. Buckle down and hang on, Whitwell, for that one because I think South Pittsburgh is going to take out some frustration this week. Uh, Alvin C. York, York Institute at Sequatchie County, Marion County, Teleco Plains. Ridgeland, let's go into Georgia. Ridgeland taking on Lafayette, LFO at Cahola Creek. Dalton, led by Jameer Gibbs, the top rusher, not just in the area but in the entire area state of Georgia over 1800 yards for this guy as they'll take on Sprayberry this week. Talk about the year that Gibbs is having and how it's uh really he's really flashing a big light on himself this season.
2: I think he's uh saw in the the Georgia uh, high school uh, email that uh, that we get he's, he's now at 33 touchdowns. Yeah. Uh 100, you know, 19 carries, 170 yards last week, 5 TDs and <laughs> Leads him at about eighteen hundred and sixty yards on the season. So, I mean, what can you say? This guy, when you're leading the state of Georgia in rushing, that and you're a Dalton, uh, that's pretty impressive. Because you know, there's a bunch of stars in Atlanta and South Georgia, and uh, and uh, you know. Uh, uh, and all these other places down – Warner Robins, that was the place I was trying to think of. Columbus. South Columbus. There's so many great uh, high school football teams in the state of Georgia. So, for Jamar Gibbs to do this in that classification that has uh, some pretty tough teams, Harrison and Altoona uh, Altoona and all that. I mean, that – what can you say, man? Dalton's really got it going on. I think it starts with their huge offensive line, but – Gibbs opens up holes for their passing game. I mean, it's just a total team effort.
1: Yeah, Sprayberry hadn't had a ton of success, uh, relatively speaking, in, in, in Georgia high school football. But anytime you go down and you have to play a team near Atlanta, you're, it seems like our North Georgia teams always really get tested when they have to do that. So that's what they're going to be faced with. Sprayberry is going to have some athletes. Um, and they're just going to have to be—they're uh, going to have to be ready for it. So we'll see. I would expect a a strong diet of Jameer Gibbs on Friday night for Dalton because clearly he gives them the best chance to win when the ball's in his hands. Well, and hand
2: it to him because uh, you know until they stop him. I mean, because it's pretty yep. tough to stop him. Well, Provided
0: he he doesn't you know. Heaven forbid he gets injured or anything this week.
2: Now, why would you bring that up?
0: Why, I'm just saying. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying. What if? Oh, don't, if he gets. We don't want it to happen. I know, but geez, he should geez. be over two thousand yards by the end of this week. That's crazy. And uh, what are they? Eight games? Seven games into the season? Seven this week? I think he
2: had an off week. So yeah, yeah. So, so it's this, six or seven games.
0: Yeah, this would be seven, I think. Yeah. I I totally expect him to go over 3,000 yards probably by the end of the season. No problem. Calhoun taking on Murray County. That's a region game there. North Murray still out front, just kind of holding it together till playoffs kick around here as they take on uh, Harrelson County this week in a region matchup. Bowden at Christian Heritage, Heritage at Gilmer, and Northwest Whitfield at Pickens. Guys, let's go ahead and move to our Friday Night Rivals game this week as we will travel to the beautiful – Beautiful shadows of Evansville Mountain to Eagle Stadium, Bill Horton Field, on the campus of Ray County High School. I'm not partial in any way. <laughs> As Sadie Daisy, the Trojans entering the game four and three, one and zero in region play to take on the Ray County Golden Eagles, six and one, two and zero in region play. Seven p.m. pregame followed by kickoff at seven thirty. Guys, what can we talk about this one?
1: Well, Saudi's the defending Region Four Five A champs, and there is uh, the possibility for Ray County. If you win this one Friday night, you get uh, you, you can secure a, a, at least a tie for the top spot, I guess. So uh, in that region, no, so, it's
0: over it, for Ray County. All they got to do is you win. you win,
1: you win, and, and win. And, it's over. Yeah, and this is a four team region too, so everybody's going to the playoffs. Right, but. It sure is nice when you can be that one seed and be able to host instead of having to uh, to go on the road. So we'll see what uh, you know. We'll see what this looks like. It's been it's been a while. Last time Ray County played for a state championship, there were only three classifications in Tennessee high school football. So it's been a while since they've been able to make it that far.
2: And you're talking about old school ground and pound with Ray County and the wing tee. They're going to run it, run it, run it, run it, and then when they get tired of running it, they'll run it more. And then you got the spread, you know, new school mentality with, uh, with Justin Barnes and the Saudi Daisy Trojans. So, and I thought you broke it down really well on our show on Sport Talk yesterday. This is a, uh, a deal where uh, time of possession is going to mean so, so much. So, if Ray County drives it down... Puts it in the end zone. They're up seven nothing, and chewed six minutes off the clock. Saudi Daisy comes down. They throw, you know, a ball gets batted up, and throw an interception or something. And and Ray County has another uh, long sustaining drive type thing. Then Saudi Daisy going to be behind the eight ball because yeah. if they get in a shootout type thing, I'm not sure Saudi Daisy's defense is going to be able to pull off what Red Bank's defense did last week.
1: I don't think you can overlook or overstate the fact that Ray County's offensive line has, what, four seniors? Mm-hmm. Four seniors and a junior across that offensive line. I, I think, you know, that game will be won and lost for Ray County by those guys up front. Yep. Because, to you know, to the points you guys are making about time of possession, you, if you can shorten this game and limit those offensive snaps for Soddy, you're going to give yourself a much better chance to to win. And – For all the talk, you know, that we go on about the Ray County wing tee, this, that, and the other, defensively they've allowed two scores or less in five of their seven games. So, Ray County defensively has been really good this year. I think maybe a little overshadowed because you want to talk about the wing tee and and how well they run that offense. But defensively, Ray County's been really good.
0: I think the one thing that Ray County is going to do this week is – they are trying to get back on track. They'll have they'll have their leading rusher back, Langley, this week, and Bradley Goodwin will be, will be back, who's their leading tackler. And plus, he's just kind of their defensive leader oh, right now too. He's a beast at middle he, linebacker. He called, he's kind of like their quarterback on defense. He's the one that kind of keeps them in place, in motion, and stuff like that. So he'll be back in place this week. Um,
2: and I think t- as, as, much, as hard as and emotional as last Friday was, they'll be focused and fired up for this. Oh day. yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think. This week in practice, Coach Pemberton says we're we're going to get their attention. Um, he said that's the focus of this week. Is Ray County has had an M.O. their their mode of operation is you go in, you play Ray County, you know what you're getting. It's going to be a slow, physical game, and you're also going to be extremely sore by the time it's over with. And that's the one thing that Coach Barnes says: we know what we get with Ray County. They're physical they're going to line up, run it at you. He said, "You know what's coming at you? It's your job to stop it." And that's what Ray County does with this wing T offense and I think Pemberton, I think he finds some kind of satisfaction of putting of, of putting together like a 14-15 play drive. Oh, of course, that can stretch over, yeah. you know, a quarter and a half because I told him I said you've got to feel some kind of satisfaction to look over there on the on the on the visiting side and see an offensive coordinator just kind of pacing chomping at the bit, ready to get back out there. If they've had a three and out or something like that, to know that you can sit there and just kind of play keep away with a team like that. And that's the thing with Saudi Daisy is this week, their offensive possessions are going to be at a premium. So what are you going to do with it? Three and outs aren't going to work. Because if you do a three and out twice, you look up, you're – Halfway through the second quarter, and you're down fourteen to nothing, and you're trying to play that catch-up game. So right. it's going to be really hard for them on
2: offense this week. Those uh, long drives are just demoralizing. I mean, especially in the second half, you, you, you chew a bunch of clock, and and then it just causes the other team to press, like you're saying. You know, okay, we got to score here because we're down two scores. If we don't score here, you know, then you start thinking that mentality, and then you you know the potential for making a, a mistake is greater. You
1: mentioned uh, Bradley Goodwin, the uh, the middle linebacker at, at Ray County, excited to see him, but I'm also excited to see Isaac Barnes and, and watch that kid throw the ball because I mean, he's coming off a heck of a game now uh, on Friday night with five touchdowns and over 300 yards passing against uh, Signal Mountain.
2: And you've got a bunch of receivers to look for. You know, we talked early back about uh, Keyshawn Eubanks, um, but he's just one of the guys that's a target for Barnes. So to see how much improvement, uh, he was injured last year, and uh, I think we were actually at that game when he got injured. So to see him come back and, and see what he's done, I know Justin Barnes, his uncle, Mm -hmm. Uh, of the quarterback, Isaac Barnes, said he's just got a high football IQ and he knows what's going on. As soon as he walks the line of scrimmage, he can see things and make adjustments. So, yeah, to see that kind of offense versus the Ray physicality and and defense is going to be the uh, exciting thing to look for, for sure, Friday night.
0: I asked Coach Barnes, I said, are you starting to feel like your coaches growing up uh – finding out how hard it is to win with the Barnes at quarterback. And he just kind of laughed that one off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he took it in stride. But he says that he does kind of – he's an uncle, but he does kind of treat him like a son as well. Uh, you know, he, said, I, he said, I don't cut him any slack. He said he, he's uh, – and he told me this before the season because I, I, I do remember talking to him about Isaac. And he says – I don't cut him any slack. He said I, I'm probably a little harder on him, you know, from like that from a father type standpoint. But uh, he has done a fantastic job in adjusting
2: into this offense. Seems like Isaac Barnes is the kind of kid that would want that too. Yeah. yeah, push me, push me, make me better, and explain things to me, and I'll grasp it and figure it out as we need it. You know, especially for late October and and maybe in the, even into November if they want to do a, you know have a playoff. You well, know, right?
1: we've talked so much about these quarterbacks this year. We've talked about Sanders at South Pitt and Aaron Swafford and uh burke at uh at bradley and wilkie at red bank he's the guy that i think is has put up really great numbers that i don't know that we have we probably at least here probably haven't given him his due yet for the way he has played yeah
2: 283 yards passing um you know against signal mountain and that shootout. Yeah. so yeah you're probably right
0: he also gives uh his uncle justin uh some tips on uh, video games as well. Okay. On Fortnite, he's he's big on that because Barnes and I've actually been invited to this group by uh, Barnes and and I'm going I'm just gonna go ahead and add them here on the podcast. Steve Henry, who is the principal at, at Saudi Daisy, and Jared Hensley, the assistant principal and athletic director, they play Fortnite on, nice. on Xbox, and they've actually invited me to the group. So guys, I will be into that once football <laughs> season's over with uh, joining you. But uh, Barnes gets his tips from his teammates or from his from his players. So just letting you know that uh he gets he gets gaming tips from from his players. It's
2: anyone under twenty five, you're probably yep. gonna have some good tips. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. Anything we miss, guys? Think we're ready for another great yeah. Friday night?
0: Let's 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 do it. I'm ready for a cool Friday night. Yes. That'll be nice. That will be very nice. As we will be in, in the uh, the best place in East Tennessee to watch a high school football game this week at Ray County. Go ahead. Disagree with me. I dare so I'm not. <laughs> It's a pretty, it's pretty awesome stadium. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Not it's, a, word. it's bigger than not those stadiums.
2: Word. It's 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 done well. The turf's gorgeous. I mean, I'm not gonna argue with you. Okay. Good. The I, field I, I is beautiful. I didn't think they would. I didn't think they would argue with
0: me. Anyway, guys, thanks for being here again this week. We appreciate you uh on Friday Night Rivals, the podcast. Again, we are adding uh platforms each week google podcast spotify apple podcast overcast Pocket Cast, radio public podbean and breaker are all the places that you can find this podcast and uh we're also on chattanoogacw.com uh stir how's that chris
1: that's stir with two r's
2: s-t-i-r-r
0: where can you find that scott you can download it at your app store how much does that cost uh, it's free. Absolutely free. Absolutely
2: free. And you can watch archived games uh, way back in August. It is
0: like. so good. I'll tell you, we're coaching you guys up. You're going to be you're gonna be hype men before it's all said and done. We appreciate you. Uh, again, that is Scott Earthquake McMahon, Chris Goforth, and I am just merely Dave Keelan. We thank you for joining us here on Friday Night Rivals, the podcast. We'll see you this Friday night at the games, and we'll see you back here again next week.